The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. That's right. It is Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective here with my co-host Mario Vitanzi and the Feeding Frenzy, which is NFL free agency, has officially started some shockers this past week. Well, I mean, it technically starts in five days, so that's, but, that's when it's really going to get fun. Yeah, but it technically it starts in five days, but teams are slashing and dashing their rosters with a Ginsu knife. And like I said before, some shockers have taken place. Later on in the program, we'll be joined by former Virginia Tech Hokie and Houston Texans wide receiver Andre Davis will join us to talk about his former teammate Andre Johnson and the divorce that is taking place with Andre and the Houston uh, Texans as soon as we get him on the line. But before we do that, Mario, uh, I, I know we don't always agree. And uh, later on in the program, we're going we're gonna to really get into the, the meat of this and the crust of it. Uh, a lot of moves that, that are taking place, and, and, and I'm shocking. And, and before I get into that, there, there was a story that was being reported, and apparently it is a false story. It was being reported uh, a couple of seconds ago that former, well, not former, and this, see, th- th- there I go with that same thing. See, but, there you go. Yeah, th- th- there you go. Uh, Brandon Marshall who plays currently for the Chicago Bears, it was being reported that he was traded to the San Diego Chargers. But it appears as though that story is false, that someone pulled up a, the wrong kind of uh, uh, Twitter account with you know, someone that works for another news station, allegedly stating that Brandon Marshall was traded to the San Diego Chargers. It's, it's, as is being said, Someone was trying to get the scoop. Saying that the story isn't true. The story isn't true. But we're going to talk to Andre Andre Davis right now about Andre Johnson. Like I said, former Virginia Tech. Let's call him. He's a Hall of Famer. Do you know that, Mario? Andre Davis is a college Hall of Famer for the Virginia Tech Hokies. We're going to talk to him right now about. He's in the right place. He's in the right place. Andre, thank you for joining the program, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, Nick. Thanks for having me on. 
Now, now I know that Nick, you know, I'm a I'm a Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. I might not be the Andre Johnson NFL Hall of Famer, <laughs> but you know, I don't have to let everybody know that when I say I'm a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, Nick is just Nick's just pretending that you're Andre Johnson in his mind. Well, well, you know what, <laughs> Andre? Listen, once a Hall of Famer, always a Hall of Famer, because not too many people can actually attach that to their name, whether it's college or it's it pros. A Hall of Fame is a Hall of Famer, man, and congratulations on accomplishing that. I know right now you're on very limited time, and I know you're in San Diego right now, the Pro Athletes Outreach uh, Program right now. And, and you told me before, Brandon Marshall is with you at this program, right? Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you were able to let me know right now that that was just a rumor because, uh, you know, I really was going to go up to him and tell him congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> if the story were true, he, no, if the story were true, he wouldn't have that far uh, uh, to travel. Definitely. Listen, I, I, really quickly, I want to get into uh, what took place with um, Andre uh, Johnson, uh, a former teammate of yours and a former teammate of mine. And it was, it was being reported by NFL.com that Andre said that he had a meeting with head coach uh, Bill O'Brien. And which Bill told him, listen, Andre, you're not going to catch 40 balls this season. And Andre went on to say, well, coach, I- I'm used to catching 80 balls a game. And then Bill O'Brien told him, look, Andre, hey, l- let me add some a- other information to that. You're not going to be a starter on the Houston Texans roster. As a guy that had his locker not too far from Andre, that you, you had an opportunity to play with Andre Johnson, and we're talking to Andre Davis, former Houston Texan wide receiver and Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. And tell me what you think when you first heard that information as far as what was said about a receiver like this. What was funny is that as I read the article, as I was reading the quotes from Bill O'Brien, I laughed the same way that Andre probably laughed when he was in that meeting room. Um, You don't tell a future Hall of Famer those words, I think, if you really feel that way about them, I would think the professional thing to do would be is, hey, we need you to take a pay cut, and if not, we're probably going to have to release you. We thank you for everything you've done, but um, it might be time for us to go younger. Um, but for you to tell a guy that's been catching 80 balls every year, practically since he's been in the league, um, and to straight up tell him that you're not going to be a starter here, I don't understand what the purpose of that is. Um, you know, if you don't feel he's fitting into your program, then you let him go. But, you know, it seems like they would have been fine with him making, I don't know, I think he's going to make like 10 or I think it was like $10 million this year and to not be a starter. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I'm going to give you a list of some of the individuals that are on the roster as far as the wide receiver position. Because Andre was saying that he didn't feel as though, even at age 34, right? that there was anyone on that team as a wide receiver that he should have to play behind. Now, I give a lot of these guys credit because if you're in the NFL and you're donning a uniform, you've earned your right to be there. But when you talk about what Andre Johnson is to the Houston Texans, I mean, drafted by the Houston Texans, spent his entire career there, been to several Pro Bowls, you've never heard any off-the-field issues about Andre, but, but this is how he's been treated. Now, you have Keyshawn Martin, you have... Devere Posey, you have Alan Barner, and you have Jace Davis. And then there's, you know, uh, DeAndre Nuke Hopkins. Uh, Of those names that I've just ran off to you, do any of those wide receivers 
do you think can even hand, hold a candle to what Andre Johnson can do even at age 34? Not even close. I mean, those guys have, some of those guys have been there for a couple of years, and you've seen that they haven't been able to put up the production to make you even think that this could be the future for the Houston Texans, and, you know, it would be time for Andre Johnson to make his way out. You know, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins has come in there. I believe he's had his first 1,000-yard season. You know, he's starting to step up and play well, and is a nice compliment with Andre Johnson. But with those other guys right now, once again, there's nothing there to, to say that Bill O'Brien should have the confidence to be able to say those words to him. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense that he would do that and try and end uh, the relationship with the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans' greatest player um, you know, that they've ever had. Uh, it just doesn't make sense that they would do that. And for them to end it like this, I just don't think it's going to end well um, you know, for either party. If you just join us, we're joined by former Houston Texans standout wide receiver and Virginia Tech Hall of Fame wide receiver Andre Davis. You can follow him on Twitter at AD88VT. And, you know, when I think about this, it, I still go back to the fact of how much he's given to that organization. And seldom as a player, you know, it, it comes at some point. You have to depart, whether it's the team deciding to part ways with you or it's injuries. But is there a perfect way or respectable way for both the player and his prospective organization to have a successful divorce? Absolutely. And I think the Indianapolis Colts gave everyone the perfect example for how to um, allow a legend in your city to be able to leave and let it be on a respectable way that, um, you know, it can be a sad time because of uh, the history that, uh, a team that's had with a player, but you do it in a respectable way and just letting everybody know that it's, it's time. Um, but when you have a private conversation like this between Bill O'Brien and Andre Johnson and it gets out to the media first, um, you know, I don't think there's anything good in that and there's nothing respectable. Um, I don't believe in the way that Bill O'Brien handled that meeting because um, you, knew, you knew it was going to get out. And Andre, once again, hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't had any type of off-the-field issues. Um, and, I mean, I can believe him and why he's upset and what he's, you know, been through and what he's given to them, the loyalty that he's given to the Houston Texans and their fans. And um, I don't think that's any way that he should be treated. Well, you know, and Andre, just beyond – you know, all of this and talking about his age, if we're going to strictly talk about productivity, what Bill O'Brien's saying about how Andre was going to be limited, I don't know if that's like an indictment on Andre or just him saying that the offense is going in a different direction, but he still had 85 receptions for 936 yards, three touchdowns, so obviously that total was a little bit down. But he was getting the job done, and that's splitting time with DeAndre Hopkins, who you know was more of the target. But he was still targeted 147 times last year. That's almost 10 targets a game. And Bill Bryan's gonna Bill O'Brien's gonna come out and say that they're gonna limit his targets to a fraction of that. And let's keep in mind as well the quarterback situation that they had in Houston you know yeah. a couple different guys cycled in and when Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback under center in a season and you're still putting up numbers like that it's pretty impressive so 
it's just a shame to see a guy like Andre Johnson, and uh, I'm going to get to my question here in a second, I promise. You know, a guy that's never been in the media for anything negative, always handles himself in a very professional manner. Uh, I mean, is, is he, are they trying to, like, exploit him, or why are they treating him this way? I, mean, I think that's a question that everyone has to ask themselves, and I think it makes the organization of the Houston Texans look bad. Um, you know, just like you said, Andre hasn't done – anything wrong in, in the public's eye at this point. Um, and for you to come in here and and treat him like that, have that meeting, I mean, even if you felt that way, it's one of those things that even if you felt that way, I would think the political answer that the coach can give a player like Andre Johnson is we're trying to go in a different direction. We want to go younger. Um, we can't afford your contract. All of these different excuses. As opposed to just coming straight out and saying, hey, you're pretty much going to be the fourth uh, priority when it comes to our offense. Exactly. And it's the you have. I mean, once again, that's like you're showing your hands and you don't have anything. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have anything, which is why, Andre, I think, you know, there was no other response he could have had but last just because, I mean, he can believe in his teammates and what they're able to do, but – once again, when you're Andre Johnson and you have those type of numbers and you've had that history in the NFL, even if you are taking a step back and maybe aren't the Andre Johnson that you were, you know, four years ago, the Andre Johnson at the age you are right now is still a lot better than a lot of people's starting wide receivers across the NFL. And so, you know, once again, I would hate to see him have to end his career um, in another jersey, but it seems like it's going to happen that way, and I really hope that he'll be able to play for a contender um, and, and play for a team that's going to get him far in the playoffs and hopefully win himself a Super Bowl. Well, Andre, before we uh, let you uh, get out of here, and if you just join us once again, we're joined by a former Houston Texan and Virginia Tech Hall of Fame wide receiver, Andre Davis. You can find him once again at AD88VT on Twitter. Uh, th- this is a you know very important time of the year, feeding frenzy, better known as you know, free agency. And talk real quickly about the fact of when you're trying to make your decision to go to a different team, how many factors or how many dynamics play into making that all-important key decision as you move forward and possibly join another team? Yeah. um, In this day and age, it seems that loyalty is playing less and less uh, into that decision. Um, And you've got to do what's best for you and your family all the time. That's uh, usually number one. a lot of guys with the limited amount of time that you play in the NFL, everyone's always looking for that dollar amount. But there's a lot of things that go into that dollar amount as well. So if you've got similar contracts that might be offered to you by different teams, um, there's going to be a big difference between signing a contract with uh, a New York team, let's say, or a California team. Um, and for that same amount, you might sign with the Texans or our a Texas team or a Florida team where they don't have state tax, you need to be able to play all that stuff into uh, consideration and look into property taxes, locations. Are you going to uh, buy a house somewhere? Are you going to rent? Um, all of those things can really start cutting into the salary and the different options that you have. Um, obviously, one of the biggest things is you want to make sure you have the opportunity to play and be um, really trying to help out the team as much as you can. So you want to get somewhere that hopefully gives you the best opportunity to start because that's going to be the thing that allows you to stay with that team, stay productive, and um, try and earn that second contract after that. So as you look through all of these different uh, 
variables and stuff. You've got to play all that stuff into uh, order and put yourself in the best position to do well and to play as long as you can. Andre, really quick before we let you go, uh, I used to do a show with Andre Davis, the former linebacker in Florida Gator on Mile High Sports Radio. How often do you guys yep. get confused with one another? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, obviously, when we were both uh, with the Cleveland Browns, we were both drafted the same year in 2002. Um, it, was, it was awesome to get a chance to meet Andre for the first time. They were like, man, that linebacker's fast. <laughs> I mean, he tells me stories all the time. Uh, I was drafted in the second round. He was drafted in the fifth round um, when he was at home, and they called Andre Davis for the second round of the Cleveland Browns and how his family was going crazy for him. And like, <laughs> that's not me. That's that Virginia Tech guy. <laughs> so um, we go back and forth. I actually just visited Andre and his family um, a couple months ago. We're still really close. He'll be coming to my house sometime this May. And, um, you know, just a, a very – Great man, um, played really great for uh, the Browns and for the Broncos when uh, he played for his ten-year career. And um, it's not that often now that we're you know so far apart and we play on some of the different teams. But um, it was just really a blessing to get a chance to know him and still know him and then just see the way he played with two guys with the same name that at one point in time had our full names on the back of our jerseys in Cleveland. Well, Andre, I know you have to run, and I know you're still doing the players' outreach uh, in San Diego. Uh, give Brandon Marshall, when you run into him, give him my best and tell him, uh, give me a call. I definitely would love to talk to him. Uh, thanks, as always, for joining the program. We have to have you back to talk about your golf tournament that's going to take place in Myrtle Beach in May, May 28th, is it? Yes, May 28th oh, May, and 29th. May, May and we're looking forward to getting – our man, Nick Ferguson, out there, too. So we got to <laughs> Oh, I would love to right. see Nick play some golf. <laughs> well, well, we'll have you back on next week to uh, promo of that. Once again, thank you for joining the program. After we come back from this break, we'll talk a little more shocking events in sports and NFL. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective with Mario on Voice America Sports Network. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. 
America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Mario, before we went to the break, we were just joined by, once again, Hall of Fame wide receiver Andre Davis of Virginia Tech Hokies and the Houston Texans. Uh, And real quickly, to, to, to wrap that up with the bowl, possible landing spots for Hall of Fame, who I believe will be a first battle Hall of Fame, oh, Andre Johnson. And, you know, for, for me, when I, when I look at possible landing spots, obviously I have to toss the Broncos out. Will it happen? Maybe not. But the familiarity yeah, with Rick Dennison and Gary Kubiak, if it were possible, and just kind of, you know, bear with me and, and just close your eyes and envision this. You have Demaris Thomas on one side. You have Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. And you have Andre Johnson on the opposite side with the run stretch game. And everyone said everything about Peyton Manning. And I know he, he took a $4 million pay cut to stay with the Denver Broncos. But could you imagine, just imagine what that would look like with those wide receivers at his disposal? I mean, I would, I would love to see him here, Nick. Don't get me wrong. But they've made it pretty clear they're going to be pretty stringent on who they pay. It looks like they're not going to bring back Julius Thomas much to my dismay, uh, and as much as I'd love to see Andre Johnson there, I, it, it just depends on his price tag. You know, I don't know. Even even though Peyton Manning took that $4 million pay cut, $4 million in the NFL really isn't that much, Nick. I mean, what are they going to do, go out and buy half of an offensive guard with that <laughs> money? I, I don't really understand, and apparently they tried to get him to take more, and he wouldn't, but you know, that's a that's a different conversation for a different day. As far as landing spots, you know, I, I think it's going to be a contender. And if you look at Andre Johnson's career, Nick, what's really the most impressive thing to me is he never played with a good quarterback. The best no. quarterback that he ever played with was Matt Schaub. And, you know, Schaub reeled off a couple, you know, good seasons in a row, but certainly not a top-tier quarterback. And you, you would just love I'm mean, Obviously, it's sad to see Andre Johnson no longer be a Houston Texan. It's weird because you know he built that franchise, basically, Nick. He is the face and always will be the face of the Houston Texans, which is why it's weird to see him go. Um, but he's going to go to a team with a good quarterback. I could see the Indianapolis Colts. I could see even the New England Patriots reaching for him, maybe the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to go to a contender, and he's going to go to a team with a good quarterback. So, I mean, I think the Broncos are in the mix. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if they at least gave him a call and tried to see, you know, maybe, hey, Andre, a couple years, maybe five, six million dollars a year and, you know, bonuses if we win the Super Bowl. Well, you know what, I, I think knowing Andre Johnson and playing in the locker room, this is the one thing that really frustrated him with the Houston Texans. And why he went back to the table for more money because he didn't feel as though the organization were were putting the right pieces around him to be successful. You talk about Matt Schaub, who was a former teammate of mine, but he worked well in that system. You had Aaron Foster 
with the stretch run game once again that opened up plays in the vertical passing game for Andre Davis, Andre Johnson, and even Owen Daniels. So he, he wanted that, and, and he's that type of guy who's, who will be willing to take less money to be with a contender. And, and I know w- whether it's with the Denver Broncos or the Colts or the Seahawks or the Patriots, I know he would definitely be willing to do that. But here, here's another team to think about. You know, Green Bay Packers are going to lose Randall Cobb. So that would be a nice landing spot and a nice target for Aaron Rodgers to have an experienced wide receiver with big playability in the vertical passing game and in the red zone and a guy like Andre Johnson. So that, that's n- another possible landing spot. But I, I wish him the best. And Absolutely. Go, and go to a place where he can finally get some peace because at this point, once again, it's not about money. He has enough of that. Did you he ever wants- go up against him in practice, Nick? Well, you know, I, I, well, I played safety, so I, I was never matched up right. on him as far as, you know, one-on-one matchup. That's what but I was wondering. No, no, of course. But listen, I like to believe if I were matched up with Andre Johnson. You'd have locked I, it down. I would have been able to try, try to hold my own against a big physical guy. And I, that's one thing I would have had to do with him, be aggressive and physical with him. At, at the line of scrimmage, but I faced him plenty of times with the Denver Broncos and playing as a member of the Houston Texans. You know, hey, those deep dig routes, those over routes, I was there taking the post route away. So he wasn't getting one over me. Nothing right. was going over my head, but quality wide receiver, quality man. You, like Andre Davis said, you didn't really hear too much about him off the field. And to me, he deserved to have his day in the sun. I mean, we go back to that that fateful uh, game when Ohio State robbed the Miami Hurricanes of a national championship, but that's what he wants. He, he, he wants to bask in the glory to say, at the end of the day, I have my stats, I have my money, then I'm a Hall of Famer, but I also am a Super Bowl winning champ. So hopefully he gets that opportunity. But moving on to more shocking and pressing stories, earlier this week, Chip Kelly decided that he was going to trade his top offensive player and Shady McCoy to the Buffalo Bills and Rex Ryan for Kiko Alonzo, one of his former linebackers from Oregon, who's coming off an ACL injury. Now, Mario, I don't like this at all. Now, granted, granted, listen, I I was there with Mike Shanahan in Denver. And, you know, seldom do, do you have a coach that, you know, he's a head coach and he's the GM. He's making all the decisions. So all the weight falls on him if things go well, if things go wrong what's happening with the eagles is they're relinquishing all the power to chip kelly all the cards on the table it's kind of a sink or swim thing right and again granted hey if it works he's a genius but if it doesn't if it doesn't now the fans and you know how philly fans are we know how Denver fans are philly fans booed santa claus man nobody's safe right exactly so could you imagine this upcoming season they don't make the playoffs. They're eight and eight, or even worse. And then the following season, they're not that great. Chip Kelly is going to be—they're going to run him out of town. But, but, but to me, tell me what you feel about this because I really don't like this. It, it, when I first heard about it, it, it was more shocking than anything, and I was like, "Are you serious? Why would you do this?" But kind of analyzing it a little bit more and looking at Kiko Alonso. Years ago, Nick, this trade would have made absolutely no sense, and I don't think it would have happened. But because ACL injuries 
aren't a death sentence like they used to be. You know, you see so many guys now coming back and being just as good, if not better, after tearing their ACL. You know, and Kiko, he had the entire year off. He's going to come back. and He's going to be very close to 100%. But let me just give you some of his stats from his rookie year, keep in mind, when he was the defensive rookie of the year. A lot of people, I think, forgot about that because last year he was sidelined the entire season. 159 combined tackles. So 159 tackles, Nick, two sacks, four interceptions. The dude is always around the ball. And honestly, I expect him to expand on that. But here's the thing with Chip Kelly. He's going to get a raw deal because he's all about the Oregon Ducks. You couldn't play a game of Duck, Duck, Goose with this guy, Nick, because he would (laughs) never say Goose. It would just be continuous Duck. That game would be never ending. But you look at LaShawn McCoy's career. Um, Last two seasons, obviously, have been very good. 1,300 yards last year, 1,600 the year before. 840 in 2012, back when he missed four games. But here's the thing that kind of troubled me and it was a little bit of a red flag in 2013 which was his best year as a pro nine rushing touchdowns 1600 yards uh, in addition to 539 receiving yards so over 2100 total yards but he was averaging 5.1 yards a carry that year this this past season almost a full yard less where he's averaging 4.2 yards a carry and in this system i mean i feel like chip kelly can plug in a decent running back, and they can put up those kind of stats. So he thought, with my system, you know, kind of back in the Denver Broncos era where Olandis Gary and Ruben Jones and Mike Anderson and everybody that was given the ball was rushing for a 1,000 yards, maybe Chip Kelly feels like he can get that kind of production out of a guy that's going to be a fraction of the price of LaShawn McCoy. So he might as well bring in a defensive player like Kiko Alonso, who I think, if he's healthy, can be a top 10 linebacker, maybe top 5 linebacker, in the NFL. So obviously time will tell, but I do not hate this trade nearly as much as a lot of people do. I think the NFC East loves it because they don't have to see LaShawn McCoy anymore, but I think it's going to benefit both teams a lot. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to do well in Buffalo under Rex Ryan, who loves to run the ball. He's going to take some pressure off of whoever in the heck ends up being the quarterback of that team. Uh, And I think Kiko Alonso is going to give a boost to the Philadelphia defense who needs it in the middle. Well, I'll tell you what, when I look at their roster, and I have it pulled up here, you know, we, we know what Riley Cooper can actually bring to the team. And I think uh, what they're missing is kind of that, that, that guy that can stretch the field vertically. But, you know, Jordan You don't Matthews, think Jeremy Macklin's that guy? Well, well we don't, we're not sure if Jeremy Macklin's going to be there because he is a free agent this year. So you, you possibly, you're already traded away Shady McCoy. Jeremy Macklin might not be there. And then you have Jordan Matthews, who's a very talented guy. But outside of that, you have Josh Huff and you have Jeff Mayo, who are all Oregon guys. And then at the running back position, you have, uh, I think it's uh, Kajon Barner, another Oregon guy. So could he go out? And that being Chip Kelly, you know, when they draft this year in the, in the first round, could they go out and get, you know, the quarterback who I guess everyone who's playing second tier uh, to Jameis Winston and, and Marcus Mariota and just kind of make it uh, Oregon on the East Coast? I mean, they're still the Eagles. They're still the birds. So instead of being Oregon Ducks, you just call it the Philadelphia Ducks. Or call, yeah. it, call it that <laughs> because you, you're adding all these Oregon players. And, and, and granted, the system worked in college and it was a fast, fast pace, up tempo. And since Chip Kelly's been in the NFL, he's been trying to test that to see if that would actually work. And teams years ago that would not attempt 
to bring college-type systems into the NFL. They're trying to get a little more. So he could possibly have success, but everyone's going to be watching this. They're going to watch Shady McCoy and what he does in Buffalo, and they're going to watch Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Ducks to see exactly what they're able to do <laughs> in this upcoming season. Granted, you know, when you look at the NFC East, it wasn't a great division last year. It really wasn't a great division. But maybe you add some speed. Maybe you, you're the second-tier team to the Dallas Cowboys, who we're well, going to talk Cowboys about in just a second. The Cowboys in that division. So maybe if they're assuming that the Cowboys end up bringing back DeMarco Murray somehow to slow down that running game, right. what, how are you going to do it? Kiko Alonso is going to be a huge help. So looking at their statistics last year, and keep in mind, their two quarterbacks were Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles, leaves a little bit to be desired. They were sixth in the NFL in passing yards, ninth in rushing yards. But you look on the defensive side of the ball, 31st in opponent passing yards a game, 15th in opponent rushing yards per game. So it's pretty obvious, Nick, that they need to bolster the defensive side of the ball. So if they're able to be sixth in the NFL throwing the ball with Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles under center, now you see why they want Marcus Mariota so bad. And Chip Kelly's made it very clear. You know, they might switch picks with the Chicago Bears at seven in order to take Mariota, assuming that he's not off the board, which, you know, according to a lot of the mock drafts I've seen and how Jameis Winston's stock is rising. It looks like Winston's going to go number one overall to the Bucks, and really, not any not any teams are going to be looking for a quarterback in the first round until you know you get to that seventh pick where uh, the Eagles are looking to trade up for. So I think if they get Mariota, I think that bolsters their running game because then you have a true quarterback who can run the Chip Kelly offense. It's not Mark Sanchez. It's not Nick Foles. He kind of played with the hand that he was dealt. And maybe that's why he felt comfortable letting go of LaShawn McCoy. You still got Darren Sproles back there. Kenyon Barner, as you said, is there. And as far as the wide receivers are concerned, even if they don't bring Macklin back, they're very high on Jordan Matthews. Maybe Riley Cooper can get some reps. So they got Zach Ertz at tight end. So I think the offense for this Philadelphia Ducks team, as you have dubbed them, is going to be <laughs> fine. But they need the help on defense, and that's what I'm saying. This rationally, I mean, it, this trade makes sense for both teams. I think LaShawn McCoy is yeah. going to do great in Buffalo, you know, kind of right. taking over that C.J. Spiller role because he's much better than C.J. Spiller. And then Kiko Alonso is going to bolster the defense of the Eagles, which they need. So obviously time will tell. Uh, but I, I, long term, I like this trade for both teams. You know, I, I, I still don't because when you, you talk about defense, and, and here's the reason why I don't. Just recently to uh, cut some uh, and save some cash, red, uh, basically, and you look at the moves that they made, they have saved over $50 million in salary cap to go out and sign teams. I know that sounds like a great move. Teams want to do that to talk about how they have so much talent and they have, still have cap room, but Trent Cole, no longer there. Kerry Williams, no longer there. D'Amico Ryans, and this is the reason why I'm not in favor of this recent trade. D'Amico Ryans left last season with an injury. I believe it was Achilles injury. So now you have D'Amico coming off an Achilles injury at the Mike linebacker position, and then you have Kiko Alonso coming back from an ACL injury. I'm not saying that this is the ma a mash unit, but now you're trying to get two guys to play cohesively together, and they're coming off some major injuries. Now, I know you say, well, technology has changed. Achilles and ACL is not what it used to be, but they are injuries. You, teams are getting better in the NFL. They're going to get better in the NFC uh, East. They're going to get faster. They're going to get stronger. And you have to have linebackers that can run down the middle of the field with these particular guys. But that, that is another reason why I don't like the trade. But like you said, we will have to wait. 
and see what happens. But Mario, I have a little special treat uh, for you. I know you talked about this uh, so many times, but here's a little uh, a little treat for you. Uh, give me give me that that Fergie clip, please. So, so I, <laughs> I know you finally, talked about after it. after all this time, we finally got it on. <laughs> Listen, I know you talked about it, and, and I had to kind of squeeze that in. Really quickly, before we go to the break, you were not the first person to say that to me. Hamza Abdul and Dominique Foxworth used to say, sing that to me all the time. Every time I would walk in from the, the cafeteria, those two sitting next to each other, laughing it up, kikiing it, as I would call it, going, Fergalicious. They just love that. But I, but I had to go ahead and do that for you. After we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit of NBA action. Talk a little of Russell Westbrook and A-Rod. Return to the Grapefruit League. That and more after this break. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective with Mario on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, 
Yes, Mario, uh, I want to talk about something. I definitely have to get to it before we get out of here. You know, uh, free agent frenzy, shocking trade, signing, or whatever. Earlier this week, uh, and I know we always talk about the Dallas Cowboys, not always, but the Cowboys find a way, Jerry Jones finds a way to keep his team, you know, in the mainstream media. And, and I think most recently, franchising Des Bryant, allowing DeMarco Murray, the league-leading rusher last season, to heap, hit the open market to see what his market value is, and maybe the Dallas Cowboys scoop in and re-sign him. But what I didn't understand was the signing of Cole Beasley. Now, I like any player. If they're going to give it to you, take it. But I don't just don't understand this from a business standpoint. Now, Cole Beasley had 37 receptions, 420 yards, averaged 11.4 yards a catch, and had four touchdowns. But Dallas Cowboys gave him $7 million guaranteed. And I'm thinking maybe that's $7 million you could have gave to your top wide receiver. You could have gave to DeMarco Murray to kind of sweeten the pot. Now, we all know what the Cowboys used to be. There's Aikman, there's Emmitt, there's Novacek, there's Moose Johnson, there's that offensive line, Alvin Harper, Michael Urban. To me, in today's NFL, there's a lot of desperation, and it's, it's being called the copycat league, which it is, but, but why haven't anyone started to copycat this blueprint that is, I guess, really elementary? You keep your core guys together if you can. No, no longer do we have dynasties in the NFL because those dynasties are broken up. Guys just kind of disperse and go into different directions. But the Cowboys are serious about winning. And trying to get Tony Romo to the Super Bowl to justify that $5 million, uh, not in $5 million, $51 million, I stand correct, yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, quite, quite a difference. Yeah, yeah. To get him to justify that $51 million guaranteed contract, you would think they would try to keep the core guys together. But the Cole Beasley, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, there were some other fans on Twitter that were saying, hey, listen, don't panic. Uh, they love what the Cowboys are doing. Hey, if you love it, I like it. But, you know, on the outside looking in, I just don't understand this. And when you look at the NFL as a whole, you need three wide receivers. You need depth on your team at every position. And I think maybe the whole frenzy of, Having a slot receiver like uh, Amadola or Julian Elderman or Wes Welker, but the guy that kicked off all of this, my former teammate, Wayne Corbett, he was the slot receiver of all slot receivers, and he could play out, outside the numbers. So you tell me, when you look at this Cole Beasley signing, are you impressed? Is it something you like, or are you like me? Don't really like it. No, I completely agree with you here, Nick. I was baffled when it came out. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a typo. I mean, there's no way that they're going to give Cole Beasley, who is, I mean, let's look at their offense last year. He was their fifth option, maybe sometimes sixth option. You know, obviously you got Witten, Dez, Terrence Williams, uh, DeMarco Murray, and then maybe one of the backup running backs took precedence over him. It just, it was very confusing to me when you have so many more pressing needs and you sign a Cole Beasley who, I mean, a player like that, Nick, in in my opinion, is a dime a dozen. I mean, you can find a Cole Beasley pretty much anywhere. So I, I guess I understand keeping your core of guys together and maybe they really like him as a locker room guy and he's a hard worker and he's a gym rat and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But let me ask you this. What do you think if you're Des Bryant or DeMarco Murray? 
where you're wanting them to re-up your contract. And granted, they're going to be much more expensive than a Cole Beasley, but you know they're signing him to a deal and to an extension before they're signing DeMarco Murray or Des Bryant to an extension. And we know Des Bryant is a little off his rocker, okay? And that's to say the least. So you know that this is messing with his psyche a little bit. Like, well, why are they re-signing Cole Beasley and they're slapping me with the franchise tag? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So... I'm honestly trying to rationalize why they did this, Nick. I got nothing for you. I think it's just Jerry being Jerry, man. Or <laughs> that's all, that's all I got. Yeah, you know what? Uh, quickly, I'm going to read you something. Someone just sent a message on on Twitter, and and always feel free to tweet us at Nick Ferguson underscore twenty five and at Mal High uh, Mario. Also use that Voice America uh, app. It is free. Those those four lo- four letters that everyone loves to hear. Free. So go ahead and do this. Now, I was being asked this question. Uh, which position will the Denver Broncos improve on first? Uh, I- I'll go and then I'll, I'll let you chime in. I-, I think it's the offensive line. Obviously, we've seen a lot of reshuffling and moving guys around. And uh, Will Montgomery isn't there. And Ryan Clady, even though they, the Broncos you know, gave him money, he's a pro bowl uh, tackle. He struggled. Orlando Franklin is not going to be there. I don't believe they resigned him back. But once again, I go back to Gary Kubiak in the system of the stretch running game. And when I was there with the Broncos, Alex Gibbs was a, a kind of uh, running coordinator. And the idea was you can have smaller offensive linemen that might weigh 280, maybe 290. You might not have that 315-pound guy. But the ability to move and get off the spot to create position and space so the running back can run outside, pressing outside the numbers, put his foot in the ground, and find that crease up and inside. So to me, I think that the first thing they're going to do is try to put a decent offensive line, and that's going to take the pressure off Peyton Manning and the four neck surgeries, which he has to pass the physical. I think uh, today for everything with the four million reduction. Yeah, he, in his he's contract, officially he's officially yeah. signed back. Okay, he's officially signed back. So to me, to answer that question, I think they're going to start with that offensive line, and they're going to try to get those smaller, athletic guys who are able to move with what they're trying to do right now. And a term that you often hear in the NFL is called elephants on parade, where they all go in the same direction, like that Dumbo cartoon, where the elephants are holding the tail. Where one goes, the other follows. So I'll let you <laughs> chime in, Mario, and give me your take. Uh, obviously, they need to do work on the offensive line, and they've made it pretty clear that they're not going to bring Orlando Franklin back, which is a shame. Uh, but there's a number of good offensive linemen in free agency about to drop. The one at the top of my list is probably Mike Ayupati uh, at guard, especially if Franklin ends up leaving. Uh, I think you bring Vasquez back to guard for sure, Ayupati in at guard as well. And another guy that I'm looking at is Brian Gal- Brian Balaga over at tackle. He'd slide him over to right tackle. He's you know done a very good job protecting Aaron Rodgers. If the Broncos can get one of, if not both of those guys, I would be very happy with their free agency uh, because it's we all know it starts and ends with the offensive line. And if you're going to have a lot of production out of Peyton Manning, then you need to protect him. It's no secret. Peyton Manning is at his best when he has time to dissect the play and go through his reads and, you know, make the throw. So as long as they have guys in the right spot, then that's what we're going to see out of him. So with Orlando Franklin gone, uh, they, they moved him around a little bit too much. He started at right tackle, even though he played guard at Miami, moved him back to guard. And 
he never really got his bearings, in my opinion, and he's going to succeed wherever he goes as long as the team just allows him a little bit of consistency to get his feet under him. I'm not too worried about Ryan Clady. I'm sure that he'll be fine. Uh, Louis Vasquez, the, he was forced to move out to right tackle because he was their best option. But, you know, he's a guy that's played pretty much in his entire career as a guard. And the previous season in 2013 was a guard that did not give up a sack the entire season. So, you know, it almost seemed criminal moving him out to right tackle. But I guess that was the need that the team had at the time. So, uh, they're going to have to put some work in. You know, last couple free agencies from John Elway have been real sexy signings, you know, real exciting. This year, I don't want to see any of that, Nick. I want to see the big uglies up front as they're deemed. That's what I want the Broncos to focus on in free agency. Well, you know, a, a guy who's familiar with controversy himself, A-Rod returned to the Grapefruit League, and this is what he had to say. It was pretty exciting, uh, pretty emotional, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm just happy to put the ball in play a couple times. And then it was a base hit to boot, so um, it's definitely a good start. You know, it's really a dream come true to be back in pinstripes, and I feel grateful that the Yankees have given me an opportunity to put the uniform back on. Uh, as far as for me and Joe, it's going to be, you know, the goal is to get as many at-bats as possible, um, but yet not rush. Well, you know, he went one from two uh, yesterday in that Grapefruit League. First at bat, a single to left. Uh, third at bat, grounded out and filled his choice. And the sixth was the walk as the Yankees lost to uh, the Phillies 3-1. to one. Uh, Mario, there are a lot of controversies surrounding A-Rod, and, and, and it's kind of a question of can he go back into the Bronx and just kind of put this pass uh, behind him and, and move forward? And can, with, you know, with Jeter being gone, can A-Rod now, you know, become the face of the Yankees now? And like I said, put everything that we've known about him, the drugs, uh, put that behind him and, and, and just kind of step up and give us a different A-Rod. I haven't been a fan of A-Rod since he left the Seattle Mariners, to be perfectly honest, Nick. And he, he's always surrounded in controversy. And I, I don't know if you got the picture that I sent you. I'll put it on Facebook or on uh, Twitter. I thought it was so funny. The New York Post. And keep in mind, A-Rod is a New York Yankee. This is his paper, like his home team paper. And it's at A-Rod singles. And, of course, they throw the asterisk by it. And underneath it says, <laughs> would have been a homer on the juice. But I, I think that speaks volumes. You know, it's it's a little playful little thing. And uh, people will make what they want of it. But I think that speaks volumes to how people perceive Alex Rodriguez now. If I was a Yankee fan, God forbid, I would not want him anywhere near my team just because of the person that he is and the way that he played the game. I'm a baseball purist, and I, I thrive on the sanctity of this sport. And Alex Rodriguez has abused it time and time again. And the fact that he didn't even really want to apologize, Nick, but he was basically forced to apologize. He, he's still a child. And that shows me that he hasn't learned anything. He still thinks he's bigger than the game. And I, I, I just wish that he was done with baseball because I'm sick of the tabloids. I'm sick of the headlines. I'm sick of anybody saying anything about Alex Rodriguez. You're talking about a guy, if, if we're going to talk about his on-field production this year, I don't see him batting over 250. I don't see him scoring more than 60 runs. He's not going to hit more than 20 home runs, and he's not going to drive in more than 50 RBIs, in my opinion. So what use does he really have? And keep in mind, that's production from Yankee Stadium, where you could bunt 
and basically hit a home run. So I'm not an Alex Rodriguez fan, and I never will be again. And I don't think there's anything he could say or do that could redeem him. He could save me from a burning building, building, and I would still want to punch him in the face, Nick. Wow. Harsh words, Mario. Very harsh. Last week we talked with Deion Branch, and you said, oh, you don't hate the Patriots. You just have a strong dislike. So I guess I would take this as you having a, a strong dislike. I make a dislike. Low with Alex Rodriguez. Man, I, I tell you. Oh, staying close to home, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. What's going on with the Denver Nuggets? They fired Brian Shaw, and rightfully so. Or is it rightfully so? But when you have your players break the huddle and say, one, two, three, six weeks, to me, that tells me a lot. It tells me a lot about the organization, the lack of leadership on the court and off the court. But, but I've never been around anything like this where guys were happy and celebrated the fact that they were being, the season was going to end as soon, as quickly as it did. And of course, like I just said, Brian Shaw fired from his job. Real quick, I'll let you jump on your Denver Nuggets. Well, keep in mind, Nick, who's the leader of this Denver Nuggets team? It's point guard Ty Lawson, and he has epitomized the Denver Nuggets this year. He got in trouble with the DUI. He was late reporting back to camp uh, because he couldn't catch a flight out of Vegas. I think we all know what that's about. You know, the other night he scored zero points, and it's not the first time that he's done that this season. And I feel like teams start to take the identity of their leader. I mean, look at the top teams in the NBA right now. That statement is exactly true. Just, you know, talking about Russell Westbrook and everything that he's done. That Thunder team is starting to take on his personality because he's leading them. He's putting them on their back and they are becoming nasty, resilient guys. And he is going to force them into the playoffs. The Nuggets do not have a good leader. I was always a Ty Lawson fan. He's a North Carolina guy. But in lieu of recent events and the way that he has handled himself, I am not on board with Ty Lawson. I am, however, on board with Melvin Hunt. But here's the big catch to everything, Nick. At this point, when the Nuggets win, they lose. So winning these two games in a row, it's like, okay, it's nice for your confidence. It's cool. Clearly, this team has some good pieces in place. These guys can ball. But we don't want to win right now. We want to tank, Nick. There's absolutely zero chance of getting into the playoffs. So what good is it to win games? And with their upcoming uh, schedule, I think four of their next five games are against top teams in their respective divisions divisions in the East and the West. So, you know, they won't really have to tank because they'll just lose those games outright. But I think the firing of Shaw came way too late. I was never a fan of the hiring in the first place, and I understand wanting to get in a former player uh, who had the immense success that he had with the Los Angeles Lakers. But it was pretty clear that at no point did he have a positive impact on that locker room. In fact, I was told that he would try to rap to the players to bond with them, Nick. And to me, that's just a guy that's either A, trying too hard, or B, being being a jerk because he thinks he's trying to be funny and he's demeaning to them. That's the way that I see it. So I I was never a Brian Shaw fan. I think Melvin Hunt is better for this team. But if the Nuggets really want success, they need to follow suit with all of the other Colorado sports teams. Denver Broncos, former Bronco as a head coach. Colorado Avalanche, a former Avalanche is the coach. Colorado Rockies, a former Rocky is the coach. What is keeping the Denver Nuggets from hiring Chauncey Billups as their next head coach at that point? That's my question. Well, you may talk about the lack of experience, even though he played in the NBA. We will have to jump back on that story next week. It's the week. King like of the- Park Hill, Fergie Ferg. Hey, we Chauncey have to jump can back- do no wrong. 
we have to jump back on that story once again next week. Join us back here. Uh, thanks to Andre Davis for joining the program. And thanks for my guys here uh, at the Pavilion and in Phoenix for keeping the program running. UNC, Duke, Saturday. Who wins? We'll see. Secondary perspective. Go Heels. Gone. again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.